Welcome to the final New Hope 365 podcast. Stay tuned to the end of today's message for a special announcement about what is next for New Hope 365. And now, here is today's message. You're probably wondering why there's this much more handsome version of him up here. Uh, but... Uh, no, I'm, I'm, my name is Sam. I'm Pastor Jason's son. For those of you who are here who don't know me, or if they're those who are online, don't know who I am, I'm, I'm Pastor Jason's son. A little bit about me before I go into this message today, something I'm, that's really close to my heart and that I love. Um, I'm married. My wife is, is right here. Her name is also Sam, oddly enough. Uh, and I, uh, I'm up here, and I'm going to be sharing a word about cultural rele- relevancy while, while reading the Bible and it's really close to my heart. I, I got a bachelor's degree in Bible theology from Southwestern Assemblies of God University. And so uh, in, in, in Bible and theology, and I, 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 while doing a lot of studies, a lot of research, I found, and found this to be true in so many different areas, is for some reason, somewhere along the way in Western culture and in America, we... We started reading scripture as though it was completely relevant to only our culture. And we began to miss the intent of how scripture was written. And there's been a lot of misinterpretation. There's been a lot of mess ups. And I just want to talk about how important it is to be a scholar of the Bible. Now, I say that because the, uh, yes, the title is probably really concerning to you. Rival the Bible. What the heck? What is he, what is he trying to tell us? What I'm trying to get you to do and I want you to look at this as I preach this, is we've been told things by pastors, by TV evangelists, TV pastors, by the books we read in, in, in all those different areas. Question everything. Do not let people, do not let any kind of resource tell you what is truth in the Bible. Find it for yourself. Because if we do not find it for ourselves, we will die spiritually. Not just as individuals, but as a church. And I'm sure we all know how in Western culture in America, the churches widely, churches widely know this, that's been on decline. And if we do not become scholars of the word of God, we will die spiritually. And so a little fact, if you didn't know this, in, in the Greco-Roman world, the early Greek-Roman world that, that Jesus grew up in, the, the kids were required to go to school until they were 12 years old. At 12, they would then go into their trait. Whatever it would be, maybe it was fishing, like you see with Peter, whatever it would be. But, in, but before then, to the age of 12, they were in school, and they had to memorize the Pentateuch, word for word. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, memorized word for word. That's what, that's what Jesus lived in. I want to start off by talking about a verse that... That has, been, that has been missed in translation a long way. Maybe some of you know how it's meant to be read or, or have read it the right way, but it's Revelations uh, 3.14. We can put that up. So many of us know this verse. It's the verse about the lukewarm Christian. I'm going to go ahead and read that for you guys. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, right? These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation, we know your deeds and that you are neither hot nor cold or cold nor hot. I wish you were, not, you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Okay? So 
a lot of people interpret, interpret this in a way that says, okay, God, either, God wants you to either be completely for him or completely against him. He doesn't want you to have a foot in both. This is what I was taught my entire life growing up, is that you need to make a choice right now. Are you all in for God or are you all out for God? You can't have a foot in both. That is not what this is saying. Not at all. Who, why at any point would God ever say, you either got to be all in for me or all out? No, he's saying you always got to be all in. You always got to be all in. So, again, just giving context to what I'm, kind of the idea of what I'm talking about, there was a, there was a river that ran through uh, Laodicea, the city, and it was the Lysus River. And between, and on the outside, on the outskirts of Laodicea, the city, there were two other cities, Heropolis and Colossae. And these two, the river runs here, okay, we have a river, then we have one city and then two cities on the outside. One city, Colossae could only have, was getting hot water from the river. But over here in uh, Heropolis, it was getting cold water. And then when they would meet and discharge, they would discharge into Laodicea and you would have lukewarm water. What this verse is trying to tell us is that over here we have hot water, which in this time was used for cleaning and, and cooking. But over here on this side, the cold water was used for medical purposes. You see, both have a purpose, but when they come and they meet and they create this nasty mix of water, it was widely known that when you'd go there, people who drank the water for the, t- for the first time would often just spit it out. It's disgusting. You see, what he's trying to tell us is that lukewarm Christianity is not one foot in, one foot out Christianity. Lukewarm Christianity is purposeless Christianity. It's, cre- it's Christianity that lacks purpose. It's Christianity that doesn't, that doesn't do anything hot. It doesn't, it doesn't clean and it doesn't cook and it's, it's not cold. It doesn't have medical purposes. It's, it's Christians who are not living in the gifts that God has given them for the purpose of his kingdom. But we missed it somewhere along the way. We missed it. I, I couldn't tell you where it started, but somebody took that and we missed it. And I just, I'm passionate about it because how could we miss it? How could we, how could people sit in a church and say, you got to be all, all in or all out? Choose, like, make your choice. No, it's only all in. There is no all out. It's only all in. Be a scholar of the Bible. We must, otherwise we miss it. Now, if you go with me to uh, Luke 6, specifically verses 39 through 40. I'm going to read this for you. If you want to open up your books, I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. It reads this. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. I'm going to read it again. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. This is huge. This is huge. Can the blind lead the blind? Absolutely not. Let me tell you that if we walk into a situation, an evangelistic situation, or pastors are preaching on a stage, and they are not educated, they are not digging into the word, they're not, they're not looking into the original languages and the original context, and they're not reading the Bible for all it's worth, for the way that it's meant to be read, they're just the blind leading the blind. 
You want to know a really good example of this? And this, we see this all over. Does anyone here know who Charles Taze Russell is? One, few. Well, you might know him better by the, the cult that he created called the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. Charles Taze Russell was the leader and the starter of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And dude did a lot of messed up stuff. Did a lot of messed up stuff. For, for one, he would, he would sell people crops or even sell them water and tell them that the crops that, that he was selling them, the seeds, they're going to grow 10 times more because they're blessed and they're holy. And he would sell them for immense amounts of money. And did this. This stuff was on television all over the place. He was selling these things and just being deceitful. I won't get into all the other weird, strange things he did. But this man, he claimed to have a doctorate in Bible theology. He claimed to be able to speak every dead language. Um, he claimed to have licenses and things that he didn't have and created a massive following that is still existent to today. So I want to share kind of what happens when someone, when we listen to someone, we don't dig into it for ourselves. And I know this is an extreme, but this happens all over the place. Organizations and, and folk religions and cults like this are created very frequently. So one day a minister a Baptist minister in the same community as Charles Taze Russell decided he had had enough of the lies, the deceit, the brokenness. And so he went to, he went to the authorities and he said, this man is, is making false claims of education, of licensing, and I'd like to bring it to light. And so like, okay, we can, we can do that. And so they, they bring him to court and they say, uh, you've claimed these things and it wasn't a big trial. Charles Taze Russell wasn't going to go to prison for the rest of his life. He wasn't going to be put to death. But it was going to bring light to the situation because he was doing a lot of messed up things. And you can go, you can go read this verbatim anywhere. There's a resource out there. This is, this is recorded in the courts. So they go in and Charles Taze Russell sits down and they, they bring the accusations claiming to have false business licensing, uh, claiming to have uh, false ordination, uh, false degrees, all these different things. And so they come up to like, they ask, the, the judge asks him, Charles, uh, do, you have, do you have the proper business licensing? And he goes, yes, 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 yes. And the judge is kind of toying with him if you go and you look up historically. And he goes, well, what about, what about ordination? Where were you ordained through? And he said, oh, like the Catholic church. I'm ordained through the Catholic church. And continues to go on. He goes, uh, so you have a degree? He goes, what's your degree in? He goes, Bible theology. And the judge asked him, where did you get that through? And this guy had the audacity to say, Oxford University. Okay? And then the judge asked him, okay, well, to, to get that degree, you, you have to be able to speak at least one of the dead languages. Um, what, which one do you, do you speak or are you best at? And he goes, I am the best at interpreting Greek and speaking Greek. And judge goes, oh, we just so happen to have a textbook on hand. So we're going to go ahead and open up to a random page. Why don't you go ahead and read this sentence for us and tell us, tell us what it says. He opens it up and he reads it. And in one last itch effort, he spews absolute nonsense English to try to, to, try to, to, try to save himself. And in one last itch effort. And the judge looks at him and says, again, I ask you, do you have a degree? Are you ordained? Shakes his head to 
every single thing. To this day, even, even the Jehovah's Witness followers that were in that court, to this day still believe that the court deceived them. This is on record. These people believe to this day that this was some kind of effort to taint the name of their great pastor, Charles Taze Russell. Because somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, we got people just like you and me, they got lost and they missed it. It is so important for us to be digging into the word of God. Otherwise, someone, someone's gonna tell us the wrong thing and if we just run with it, we're missing everything because what's the second part to this? To this, to this verse, it says, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. This isn't just, I'm not just talking in education. Who's our teacher? It's Jesus Christ, right? So, geez, so we have to be fully trained. If we're not digging into the word of God, how can we see miracles happen? This isn't just about being biblically educated to evangelize and to teach and to apply it to your life. We're talking, if this isn't in the middle of your life, we're not going to see miracles happen. How can we be like our teacher if we're not trained? It's so important to dig into the geography of the Bible, to dig into the original language, the original culture. If we don't do that, we're missing the meat of Scripture. What its intent is. We miss it. It's, it's as simple as this. <laughs> How can you know what is right unless you know what is right? I'm going to say it again. How can you know what is right unless you know what is right? Question it all. Ask questions. Dig in deep. And I know I'm guilty. I know it's hard sometimes. You're like, I don't want to go read the Bible. I don't want to do these things. But it's of the utmost importance. I could get really deep into a a lot of the theology. I could get super deep into all, all these things. But what's most important is that we're reading the meat of Scripture and its original intent. It really is. It's so important, and it's something that's not talked about. It's deeper. It's deeper than just sitting down, reading it, and walking away. We got to dig in. This is the living word. This is, this is Jesus in totality. How can we not? How can we not take that? It doesn't end there. It doesn't just end with being a scholar of the word of God. It doesn't end with looking at the maps and the geography and looking at the interpretations and really understanding the scripture for all it is. It doesn't just stop there. Application is important as well. We all know that. Apply it to your life and hold on to it. So I want to go with you, and I want to read verses 41 through 42 of Luke 6. We all, we all know this, you know, plank and the speck and I don't, don't judge. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your own eye. Now, I know this, this verse is typically used for really, like, 
more intense situations where it's like you're judging people. You, you, have, you have your own problems. Don't, no sin is greater than the other. But here's the thing about this, okay? Is if we're not digging into the word of God for all that it's worth and we're trying to go and give the gospel out, we're looking at the speck in someone else's eye when there's a plank in our own because we're not giving them the best that we can give. We're not. That's, that's why culture, that's why the Western church, that's why it's falling. Because we are not, we're not being scholars. We're not working hard. And I'm not saying you, I'm not like, I'm not like pointing people out. But this is, this is a general thing. This is the church. So it needs to be said so that we know, and it applies to me too. I'm not, I'm, sometimes I'm sitting there and... And I'll be, I'll, be doing, I'll be doing whatever. I'll be playing video games. I'll do, doing whatever. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll look at my Bible and just be like, mm, it's, just, it's just too much work. It's just too much work. It's not. It's the most important thing in your life. You do not have relationship. Now, this is really harsh to say. You do not have the relationship you should have with God if you are not being a scholar of the word of God. And I know that hurts. That, that probably hurts. But you are not in the best relationship or maybe even a relationship at all with God if you are not being a scholar of the word of God. You're not. That hurts. Gosh, hurts me. You see, this parable is talking about Christians who are judging others for sin when they too are sinners. We are all sinners. We must recognize our own flaws. I mean, Romans 3.23 and 3.24, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, but all are justified freely by the redemption that came by Jesus. Once we realize this, once we realize this and we recognize we recognize our flaws. And flaws aren't always these big, massive things that it's like, this is sin. Sometimes it's something like, man, I'm missing a part of Jesus because I'm not digging into his word. Sometimes it's something like that. When we dig in and he takes that out of our eye, imagine the difference we can have on people. I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I miss out on reading the word so much that I even in small groups or even in situations where we're talking about the Bible, I'm scared to say something because I'm not sure if it's right or not. We should be so confident in what we understand the Bible says and in its truth. We shouldn't have those situations where we're afraid to say something because we're scared it's wrong. And I know I'm not the only one that's been in a situation like that. I know I'm not. <laughs> we're, it's like... It's like an overweight man trying to tell, help another overweight man learn how to get fit when we're not digging into the word of God. It is. That's what it is. It's an overweight man trying to help another overweight man get fit. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's illogical. We have to apply what we read so that others can see us apply it to apply, take physical action to our lives. But here comes, here comes the part 
that we all want to do, and as Christians, this is the mandate. This is, this is the great commission to help others go, doing this, go do the same. But we can do nothing, absolutely nothing for others. We can do nothing for others until we do it for ourselves. We, we just can't. I, I wrote this down, and at first, like, I sat there and I pondered it. I was like, how does this, like, make sense? I just, like, I wrote it down, and there's this, this saying, and it's, and it's this, and I'm going to explain, but it's money must, money must be paid so that it can be used to pay. I'm let that sit for a second. Money must be paid so that it can be used to pay. He paid so that we can pay. He paid all of it so that we could pay. We help and we go and we do this not not because we're better than them or not because even we want to sometimes, but because we needed help too. We needed help too, every single one of us. And we will, we will fall short sometimes. And let me tell you this, as you dig into the word of God, if you're like, man, I've done good. Like, even, even if you have read the Bible and you haven't memorized word for word, there is still more. I'm telling you, I believe this. I believe that for the rest of eternity, we will have the honor of learning more upon more upon more about God, and we will be able to learn more about the Word of God because it is, it is infinite. It is infinite. Even if you've got the whole book memorized, you haven't had enough. You haven't had enough. There is always more. And we got to, and honestly, even in our lives, we have to cry out. We need to cry out like, like Elisha after Elijah sinned and said, God, give me, a, give me a double portion. Give me more. 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 Because it's, it's not just about the educational issue in regards to the Bible. It's not just about that in the church today. It's declining because we're not crying out for more. We're not crying out for more from the past generations. We got to call out for more and more, and more, and more. But we will not see miracles happen. And I'm going to tell you, I believe in miracles today. I believe in miracles today. We won't see the miracles happen if we are not scholars of the Word of God. Who here wants to see miracles? Like, legit, put your hands up. Who wants to see miracles happen? It begins, it begins in deep study of the Word of God to be like our teacher. And I'm not even asking you to go out and memorize the Pentateuch. Gosh! I just sounded like my dad. Oh. Whoa. I'm not asking you to go memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I'm just, I'm not. But I am asking you, go, and you can find, I'm going to like, like, like a lexicon, and go, go find things that help you deep study into the word of God. We all have phones. There's access, access, there's there's free apps out there with lexicons and things that you can really deep study into the word of God. It's crazy. 
but we don't. If it were up to me, everyone would have to go get the same degree that I did. It would, it would, I wish, I wish, I wish to God that you didn't have to pay as much as I did to go get a Bible theology degree. <laughs> For real. Actually, I wish you didn't have to, I wish it wasn't a thing that you even had to pay for. There's apps. But there's also, there's also people around you that you should be getting with and seeking mutual fellowship and discipleship and even mentorship to grow in this. I mean, the best life to look at is Jesus. And who is he always surrounded with? People who are, who are biblically educated. He knew his stuff, though. If you go and look at the, the immense amount of times Jesus referred to Old Testament scripture, I'm telling you, it's important. And I'm not just talking New Testament. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. The Old Testament is so important. It is so important. I'm telling you, if you read, dude, when I started digging into to, to Old Testament scripture, and you see the way that it leads up to Jesus coming, dude, Everything, everything from Genesis leading up, the prophecies, the, the, the genetic lines. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. It'll blow your mind how intentional our God is. It's unfreaking real. It is. It's crazy. Help others not because we can but because we should Christ paid so that we can pay he helped us as equipping us to help others we must as Christians study the word of God so that we can apply its contents to our lives help others through the example of our lives and through biblically consistent forms of ministry. One of the biggest things, I'll tell you as you read the word of God, the Bible will not contradict the movement of the spirit. If you, if you read the Bible and you're reading it truly as it is, and you're reading it in its context, in its actuality, okay, and it, it begins to contradict what you thought God was doing in your life, something doesn't line up. I'll tell you this, it ain't the living word of God. It's going to mess you up. It's going to show you where God really wants to take you, where God really wants to move you. The Bible jacks cultures up. It's the number one banned book across the world from nations, from cultures, from organizations. The Bible physically should not have to be in a place for it to move. We should be so studied on the word of God because let me tell you, in these places, people are not banned. People aren't banned. So how should the word of God be actually banned? It shouldn't. We should be the moving word of God. We should be the moving word of God. 
man. I know, I know it's, it's super heavy, and there's a lot of things where it's like, I don't really like that he said that to me. Well, I don't like that I said it to me either, okay? But I said it, and it's truth, all right? <laughs> the hope in this is that believers will read the, the Bible deeper than the surface level than what your pastor tells you what, what are the most popular verses, that will dig in deeper and become a living example of Christ, of the word of God, and actually minister to those who need the help. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning there was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. I'm going to say it again. The word was with God, and the word It's right there. John 1, 1. In the beginning there was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. This is alive. And if we are not making this an active part of our lives, and I'm talking not just sitting down and reading it, but digging in, I have to emphasize that. We cannot read it and be like, oh yeah, this is like straight applicable to to me here in Round Rock. No, it was written in the Greco-Roman world. It was written in the early, in the early Hebrew, Hebrew world with, in Aramaic and, and in Greek in the New Testament. If we're not reading it, we're not interpreting it, and we're not breaking it down, we're not getting everything we can get from Scripture. I know it's hard sometimes. Being a Christian's hard sometimes. That's why we have a community. If we can get the Church of America to stand up and become scholars of the Word of God, we'll see some crazy things happen. We'll see some crazy things happen. Man. Why don't we we bow our heads and pray? Father God, I come before you right now. I thank you for every person in this place, God. And yes, I'm, I'm talking about how we have to be better. We have to dig into the word more. But God, I'm thankful that each and every one of the people in this, in this place knows your name. I'm thankful, God, that every person in this place is, is able to read your word, God. I pray that you would, you would convict us, God, and help us to dig deeper into your word, into your life, into everything that you are, God. I pray that you would take us, God, and help us to develop in in relationship and in our biblical studies and and in our worship, God, so that we could see miracles happen today. We could see miracles happen today, God. They talk about them all around the world, God, but I want to see them happen in America. I want to see it happen in America. We are the forefront of culture worldwide, God. Let miracles be the forefront of that culture. God, take us and use us, each and every one of us, daily, God. Daily. We make a choice daily, God. Help us to make that choice and convict us. Hold us tight, God. But help us not to to study the Bible and make the Bible such a thing where it becomes far away from us and we look at it from a distance. But make sure it it stays close to our hearts, God. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. On August 1st, 2021, 
New Hope 365 Church will officially become a part of Freedom Church of Round Rock. Our final service as New Hope 365 will be July 25th at 10.30 a.m., where we will celebrate all that New Hope has been for the past 25 years. We'd like to thank you all for being a part of the New Hope 365 family.